0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power
1: Rangers!
0: Go, Sentai, Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode twenty-five of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Go Sentai Die Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, our listeners. My name is Matt Jay, and with me as always is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty darn good, man. Can't complain. It's finally warming up a little bit in and around Cleveland, which is fantastic. Oh, I know. And of course, the first day that it was above freezing, it rained all day. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. And then it actually kind of came down below freezing, so it's just a thin sheet of ice over everything. Oh, it's beautiful. But you know what? I'll take it. I'm going to take it, Matt. Beautiful day in the happiest city on earth. Um, okay, so today we are watching episode 25 <laughs> I think called... It's gotta the be the grouped... first time anyone has ever referred to Cleveland to that. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's uh, Isn't that what's on the side? I'm almost, almost certain that it is. Listen, I love Cleveland, Matt. You know that about me. Uh, as does anybody who listens to this show. But happiest city on earth? Maybe you just didn't see the sign because it was behind, like, a gray fog of some sort. <laughs> well, anyway, that, that may have been it. <laughs> so, today we're watching episode 25, and it's called The Grouped Opposite Squadron. But, before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars, and would you like to know what our first star of the week is? Well, I already know, Matt, but sh- no, yeah, what is it? Tell me. Okay. I am completely in the dark. Our first star of the week is that joining us this week on the episode... We have a very special guest, yeah, and so uh his name is Nick Douglas. He is a comedy writer. He is a friend of ours from college, and yep. uh, you may know him from that one time he was on Martha Stewart Living. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi.
1: That is the last time I'm going to be silent for more than ten seconds of this entire show. <laughs>
0: I how didn't actually since we haven't had guests on since the live episode, I didn't actually know when to bring you in. No, I think and we did it, didn't We that didn't good. talk about it first, and so I'm glad it seemed to have worked out. I think that worked pretty well. No, dude, so, I think uh, yeah, I think that was solid. Okay. Uh so, Nick, welcome to the show. Um how does it feel to be a shining star in the heavens?
1: It feels uh I am going to let it go to my head. Definitely. Okay, good.
0: Yeah. Listen, we're all uh, we're all superstars and heroes on this show, Nick, and I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that we can uh, welcome you into that fold. Every single one of us. For real, I'm really excited to be on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, we're psyched to have you on. It'll be, I think, it's going to be extra fun. See, for me, I am now playing the role of Matt. Like I have been around the block right. a You're couple of times. Like right, like I sort of understand a little bit more of what's happening. So I'm excited to get a new, fresh person in on this madness. So Nick, um, what is your history with the Super Sentai or Power Rangers franchises? Were you like a Power Rangers guy as a kid? Uh, I was, I I, I
1: had a little brother who was in prime Power Rangers age. um, And so I would watch it with him all the time. And then you know sarcastically comment on it because sure. you know oh, to prove to myself right I was in, too then. cool and adult for it uh, at the age of what like thirteen were we I'm
0: like I'm you're oh, thirteen age. 13 is the perfect age to be way too cool and adult for a kid's thing exactly <laughs> Nessie listen I think there may be some timeline slip ups here because like I was watching Power Ranger the original Power Rangers mm-hmm. when I was in like fifth grade oh and I'm yeah. So you may have been catching you like know, a later yeah. season. I think, I must be thinking of Power of, yeah, yeah, like Z- Lord Zed that's, I, Yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Zed came right. in later. Right. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Zed, Zed, came Zed, in later. Was, uh, Zed was seasons like two, three, and maybe four. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, something like um, that. That sounds right. Because the first season, of course, is a um, translation of Zou Ranger, which we've talked about before on the show. And then moving on from there what they did was they made some new footage with new monsters that was never aired in Japan, brought that over to the states and then Lord Zed was actually a Power Rangers exclusive character. He never existed in any of the Super Sentai shows. So by that no. point they had gone completely off book. Wow. Did, did I Rita actually Repulsa, somehow I didn't know that. Did Rita, yeah, Rita exist? In Rita the was the villain from Ji Ranger. She was like the witch queen Bandora oh, hey. from who had been captured and left on planet nemesis for 170 million years but zed just was created out of whole cloth for the power rangers right on huh. that's yeah cool. somehow i did not know that uh oh really briefly i feel like maybe we should explain why that was not a joke and that nick was in fact on the martha stewart show Cause sure. that's just <laughs> that's a real out of the blue statement to make. Um, I could, I'll explain. Um,
1: so I was on the Martha Stewart show to pitch a book that I edited at the time called Twitter Wit, which was a collection of tweets, uh, just jokes on Twitter. And this was a point when people were kind of still taking Twitter seriously, and there were almost no celebrities on it. Um. And uh, Matt, you're in the book. Am I right? Or, or, or am I am misremembering I? that? Were you even on Twitter at that point?
0: No, I wasn't on Twitter yet. Oh, I, I, I remember we talked about it while you were doing been. it. I got yeah. a couple of messages from you asking like, hey, is this one funnier than this one? That's right. <laughs> you were
1: helping me stay sane when I could no longer tell what was funny. Um, I can't
0: even imagine that process. Because how many thousands of things did you have listed out?
1: Um, I actually had way fewer than I should have. It was it was hard to find stuff. Um, there were very limited tools at the time. Um, it's just it's just so weird. I feel not to like denigrate any of the wonderful jokes that were in the book, but it was really I did not have a lot of options that I didn't use. As opposed okay. to now, where <laughs> you know I could just look at my feed for one solid day and fill a book with stuff that I would proudly stand behind and say yeah this deserves to be on paper and sold for money (laughs) right
0: like this is genuinely hilarious
1: right um but uh it was a little ahead of its time (laughs) it did not sell very many copies and so now you can buy it for a penny plus shipping if you so desire oh yeah
0: that's fantastic i'm actually watching the clip now uh nick it ages well (laughs) It ages well. Uh, I think that was a good moment. Although you are cool. you are a baby in it. Right? That was... Yeah, it's super... Dude, every time I go back and look at something of me, not even like a huge amount of time ago, right. I'm like, what am I, 12? <laughs> who, who let this person do anything?
1: And we've all, at some point, grown facial hair that we tended not to have before. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah any really just... any
0: picture that I see of myself pre-beard is, like, just an absurd, <laughs> like, weird yeah. adolescent person. Like, Yeah, no, it's a weird thing. I can uh, remember what that person looks like, but I don't even think of that as my face. Right, no, I gotcha. <laughs> Matt, I want to say, just real quickly, we are at about ten minutes, and we are still on star one. <laughs> okay. So well, we that's gotta, a good one. We gotta get this train rolling. Oh, no, okay. it's a great one. It's a
1: fantastic
0: one. Not to I'm further I'm glad we but I have but that a, a small
1: drinking game going for myself, and uh, you just triggered it with um, encouraging us to hurry up. Uh, although, technically, I thought Matt would fill that role.
0: Um, okay, so, uh, Nick, since you are a guest this week, what is the second star of the week?
1: Uh, the second star is that this week I finished shooting, actually did all of the shooting, for uh, my second episode of my web series, Jaywalk Cop which is uh, a sort of a law and order parody about an NYPD detective who only investigates jaywalking. Uh, <laughs> and I also play jaywalk cop, uh, not because I'm good at it, but because we think fig- my co-writer and I figured if I played jaywalk cop and he played the big bad, then we'd always be present for the shoots.
0: Okay. okay. It was no, that makes just a, of a matter of
1: convenience um, because for anyone who has seen my face, even with a beard, not much of an intimidating detective figure. Not really someone you'd cast in Law and Order SVU. Uh, maybe fine for the Jaywalk uh, department I was anyway. gonna say,
0: but ideal for something right, like a Jaywalk ideal for right. I did um, I don't think I actually messaged you about it. I did catch the first episode and it is uh, it's some gold moments in there. Some Thank gold you. moments. My favorite Maybe I shouldn't give away the joke. My favorite is they're like, how did he get across the street? It couldn't be done. And yes. I think it's your character says, like, that's because you're not thinking like a criminal. And then he, he looks across the street and the dude <laughs> just walked away. I'm
1: so glad that worked because that was one of the ones in the editing room where I was like, oh, no, I understand no. why you get a director on a shoot to make sure <laughs> the joke gets across. Because you can't No, just that turn joke to the was gold. It and- was good stuff. Ah, uh, Excellent. Thank you. So yeah, we just shot the second episode, which is going to be a hacker episode, in which we tried Uh, to make something more ridiculous than the Skyfall hacking episode, uh, or hacking scene. um, Oh yeah, is that possible? Skyfall hacking scene, bad scene, terrible. I like Skyfall. Oh
0: yeah, it's a great movie. That scene is just absurd, though. Yeah, it's it's like all it's like they shipped in zero cool to do that. Like to explain that technology,
1: yeah. And my and my favorite thing is that it does that thing where the hacker knows hacking, but it really takes the main character to know what's really up. Yeah, and we tried to just make an episode of, entirely about that idea that it's always the hero who don't know doesn't know about computers, but his street but smarts will somehow yeah. defeat the hacker.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I will put a link up to it in our. I don't know. on our Twitter, I should really, we should really have a website of some kind because yeah, doing all maybe. of this on Twitter is uh, not super tenable. Um, at some point, but for Someday. now, check out uh, at Super Sentai Bros for that. Um, or Nick, you are what at Too Much Neck? Yes. Okay. Um, now, what either of you is our third star of the week?
1: Third star uh, is. Uh... Lapsing Suchong tea, actually, which I've been, I first drank in high school, again, felt very adult about it, uh, and have recently ordered quite a lot of it from the internet, and it's fantastic. It's a smoked tea, which apparently was invented so the, the lamer part of the tea crop could still be made useful. Okay. I knew it was
0: smoked. I did not know that about it, though. That's fantastic. I am I'm also. To uh, I've ever had that. I actually don't know. if... Matt, of course, knows this. I don't know who ever talked about it on the show. I am also kind of a tea nerd, so I'm right there, right there with you. What are your favorites? Ooh, favorites. Oh man. Okay. So this is the you worst thing the I'm going to say all day. Straight up, this is the worst thing I'm going to say all day. <laughs> um. So when I buy tea, I normally buy it from Silk Road Teas and Silk Road only buys small-batch organic teas uh, imported from China, and so since they're all <laughs> made in small batches, there's not really a brand, Nick, that I would say mm-hmm. that I have as like a favorite. It's really just more of what farmers can provide at a time, and I just take <laughs> that as it comes and enjoy it. <laughs> That's fantastic. But okay, that oh, was the worst man. thing I've said all day, and I said it the worst way possible. But it actually is true. When I order, I mean, a lot of the time I just sort of make do with, you know, kind of whatever generalized tea I can get. But when I do order a nice tea, uh, I do order it from Silk Road Tea because they do, they have fantastic products, and it and it, their lineup sort of switches around on a pretty regular basis. Um, now, I just want to be speaking, clear Silk Road Tea is a distinct entity from the Silk Road, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silk Road tea is the name. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying that I'm just ordering teas via the actual Silk Road. Um, Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't like dropping bitcoins on like weird encrypted illegal Chinese import teas. (laughs) No, no. There's, uh, there is actually, there's actually a documentary about the dude who started the company, although he subsequently sold it. Um, Generally speaking, I am a green tea. Uh, green tea sort of guy um that's a good tea because you can just drink it constantly all day yeah which i do caffeine. yeah yeah i drink i drink staggering quantities of green tea um same i work at home and so it's
1: just a constant and when people come over i found i get really nervous and have to do something with my hands all the time so i'm just <laughs> constantly making everyone tea preferably <laughs> I, one cup uh, at a time
0: no, I actually I don't work at home of course. I'm a teacher and uh but I do keep a hot water heater in my room. Nice. Like a little one cup so I can so I have access to tea whenever I need it. The only problem is that it, I think it's actually for make, making coffee, but the water is too hot. And so I have to like I'm I have to like blend cold water and the water from the heater or otherwise it burns my tea. You know what I mean? Mhm. Uh, so all the, tann- sorry, if you don't drink a lot of tea, you might not know that if your tea tastes like dry and kind of weird and bitter, it's because you're brewing it too hot. Uh, that's the compound that tastes that way is called tannin and it only dissolves at, I can't remember what it is, but I think it's like 180 degrees. So if you brew your tea at under that temperature, that compound stays in the leaves and your tea is, uh, it's sweeter and all the flavors come through and you don't get that like weird dry taste. So that's. That's that thing. I used to be much better about having tea around, but my new job requires me to like constantly be handling archival materials, and so <laughs> oh, I can't just have like an yeah. open mug of green tea sitting on my desk, and it kills me. Because back at my old job, I worked right next door to like, uh, you know, that sort of th- the middle of the Venn diagram between the hipster and yuppie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. There was a tea shop that catered to that crowd right next door. And it Ooh, was nice. amazing. You know, they, you know, they'd sell it sort of by weight, and you could right. get oh, weird yeah, like totally. combinations of, like, mate and lemongrass and stuff. By the and way, if sounds... you're not on that mate kick, you've got to get some mate. You know, man, I've had it, and I don't like, I don't, like, love it, love it. Like, it's it's good. It's definitely Oh, not, man. Like it's a well, weird thing. The I problem, Dave, it. is that you're not drinking out of a gourd with a weird metal straw. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not, man. Maybe I got to get on that. See, I got to get on that gourd train first. Mm hmm. Uh, you got to make sure you season the gourd properly. See, now I'm just trying oh to, like, match what you were saying earlier. But you actually do, do need to season the gourd properly. I do. Because otherwise, I have it a mug taste that I right. drink my tea out of. I have a mug that I drink my tea out of. It's like a travel mug, and I have never washed it. And the inside is, like, really nicely seasoned with tea. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> I want to...
1: Okay. never mind. We're okay, moving on. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Fourth star. Was that so, the third star?
0: Fourth star. That was the third star. So, fourth star of the week is guys, you know I like to live an enjoyable life. Yeah. I like to get out there and I know on that about you. And uh earlier this week or was it late last week? It doesn't matter. No. Um <laughs> recently, I went out to my favorite bar. And there were a bunch of friends of mine who so we were all hanging out. And then I noticed one by one they were all leaving. And I didn't know where until I wandered outside and I saw a sign at the window of a sort of swanky hair salon that's right next door to this dive bar I like to go to. Okay. And it said, uh, private party, invite only. And then I looked inside and I saw somebody I knew and I was like, you know what? I bet you I'm invited. And I just sort of wandered in. (laughs) And it was great. Nice. Because I'd take life by the horns. And, you know, probably would have left if I'd been asked to. But thankfully, I was not. And it was great. Uh, It was just one of those sort of like weird magical nights where like half of your friends all happen to be at the same bar and it's an open bar. So, wow. So, wait, how did the people that you know know these people? It's right next door to the bar we all go to. Oh, okay. And so, so we all your... just sort of happen to know the people who work next door. Oh, okay. No, no, I got you now. Now that makes sense. It was just like a great, beautiful, like, worlds colliding moment. It's not a really exciting star, to be honest. It was just a great thing that happened this weekend that I wanted to tell somebody about it. No, no, no. That's rad. Uh, you should absolutely dig that thing. That sounds yeah, like, really fun.
1: Accidentally going to the same thing as a bunch of your friends is the best
0: feeling in the world. I know because you worry like I actually I walked up to the window and the first time I saw the private party sign I was like eh. like I, I don't know if I'm quite that bold to just wander in some place that expressly <laughs> says do not come in here and so it was but sort of a guy. gamble and I'm really glad it worked out yeah man you knew a guy that's the uh that's the jam right you know a guy who knows a guy. that is the or ultimate jam guy. that's how it works Okay, so um, that is the fourth star, which I will cut short because we are going long, 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 my friends. Yeah, we and are. And what Dave or Nick, I can't remember who's doing which, is our fifth star of the week. I got this. Uh, our fifth star this week, Matt, is actually a black hole. Uh, Leonard Nimoy died this week. and uh, And that's a bummer, man. Leonard Nimoy was a pretty cool dude, and uh, and he's gone now, and that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. But at least we'll always have, you know, we'll have his good stuff to remember him by, and we'll also have his poetry. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and Bilbo Baggins. Yes, Don't oh yes. Oh my gosh, dude. The product so of weird 70s hippie Leonard Nimoy. Oh man, weird 70s hippie Leonard Nimoy. I mean, you know, hey, listen, everybody has a phase. Everybody has a phase. He also did... Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> Have you ever heard of his uh, his photography book? No. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I don't know if this was, like, a thing for him, if it was, like, an art project or uh, what, but Lennon Nimoy published a book. I don't remember what it's called, uh, but he published a book just full of, like, Black and white nudes of like Rubenesque ladies. Really? And that is yeah, I Was saw this like also a, like weird seventies hippie Leonard Nimoy? No, 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 dude. No. <laughs> this was like mid two thousands, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> okay. He was not. Yeah, man. No, no, no. This was not like a uh this was not like a weird, sexy seventies thing. This was just Leonard Nimoy being like, Yeah man. I'm gonna i to take these pictures. I don't know what the motivation was. Uh I remember I just saw I think I saw it on like I don't know some TV show uh years ago that they just mentioned it. And I just remember thinking like, huh. Alright, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> sure. There you go. Let's see, Leonard Nimoy into Amazon. This was two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, body see, project Photographed by Leonard Nimoy. Wait, what's um, it called? The full body project, you can get it for twenty seven dollars. Eligible for prime shipping. Eligible for prime well I've yeah. I there mean you I'm go. not order it, but I do have Amazon Prime. Oh my gosh, Amazon Prime. Uh so Lennon Nimoy, I think we can safely say that he uh he lived long and prospered. He was a pretty cool dude. Here's to you, Lennon Nimoy. And all your weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that is our five stars of the week. We are gonna take a break. We're gonna watch episode twenty-five of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. It is called the Grouped Opposite Squadron. And we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode twenty-five, and Dave, why don't you give us a quick rundown? Sure, Matt. Uh so this week the Die Rangers fight a photocopier monster. That predictably copies them, and then they fight themselves. And then they beat it. Yes, and this is, um, in the same way that the last few episodes have highlighted uh, Daigo and Shoji respectively, Mm -hmm. uh, this one is a Kazu episode. Yeah. Which is nice, because I think it's actually the first Kazu episode we've gotten. No, um, Drunken Tongue... Drunken Tofu guy was a Kazu episode. Oh, no, episode. you're right, you're right. And actually, I should have remembered that because that's going to come back later. A brief uh, brief aside there. Oh, yeah. Okay, right on. Okay, so we start off and the Rangers are all relaxing on, I don't know, I, I guess evil is taking a holiday, or at least they think it is. And they have <laughs> all gone to a place I think it might be like a spa resort sort of thing. And it has the best name of all time. Because there's a big sign out front (laughs) that in English just says Hotel Sweat. Dude, that is, that's just the worst name. That's like the worst name for anything. Although, to be fair, I am sure that if you name something Hotel Sweat, people would show up to it. I've got to say... Clearly, because this place is pat. There's a hotel bar near me named
1: Single without the E, and Hotel Sweat is still worse than that.
0: Oh, <laughs> wait. s Like S-I-N-G-L?
1: Yep, and the G is angled. I don't know why.
0: Oh. Oh, oh dude. That's terrible. I will never go there. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're in Hotel still Sweat. still trying to wash that one out of your head, Dave? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Give me, a, give me a second. I'm good. Uh, okay, so they're in Hotel Sweat. Everybody's in the pool, or a couple people are in the pool. Rin is standing on the side. They kind of call over to her. They're like, "Oh, Rin, come join us. Rin proceeds. Uh, it was one of the worst dives I've ever seen. She just sort of like jumps out and then belly flops and then goes under the water. Uh, it was, her form was bad terrible mm-hmm. but she has better form than shoji because shoji is hanging out in like a little like floaty life preserver thing yeah shoji and rin seems, takes can't it away swim. from her and shoji just can't swim yeah yeah he's got like i does he have water wings on he might have water wings on i would have to go back you know, and he's check. sitting inside of a life preserver he might yeah. also have water wings i it's think amazing. he has both so they're, you know, sort of roughhousing in the pool, and they call over to uh, two of the other ones who are sitting on the sidelines. It's uh, Ryu and Daigo. Daigo, by the way, is wearing a swim cap, goggles, and has a uh, snorkel, but I don't think he knows how snorkels work, because he just sort of has it in his mouth, like, right. flopping around. He's just diving under the water willy-nilly.
1: I really like the implication that the, that the props department was just like, oh, it's a water scene.
0: Uh, Give him some stuff. <laughs> Snorkel. yeah here's some water stuff oh man dude Matt remember that one time that we went uh did we did like an intro scuba course at the pool sure do it was awesome okay sorry Re- there was like an intro scuba course at the pool and you got on like scuba gear and you got to like swim around the, like the deep end of the pool it was like deep deep it was like 13 14 feet deep um but what was weird is that they did not stop doing like swim lessons above you oh weird so you're just like rolling around the bottom of the pool (laughs) and all these little kids are like swimming above you it was very strange uh but it was a surreal moment but uh uh, okay uh, so they're all in the pool like they're all just kind of like hanging out and chilling that's great and then this lady comes around the corner in the pool area and she has like a trench coat like she's dressed like she is not there to swim clearly and she basically like she sees the rangers, and it's basically like, "Hey, randos, like come over here, like just you people, whoever whoever you are, come here, I want to take your picture." Yeah, for reasons that are undisclosed, except for the fact that she's clearly a goma, um, because anybody that the rangers interact with randomly is obviously a goma. But the rangers haven't figured oh, yeah. it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she the calls them over, like out. she's like, "Hey, you young like." Good-looking, fashionable people. I would like to take your picture. Come on up here and pose for me. Right. And so she starts taking their pictures and then drops this gem that she is a scout for a Hollywood movie. Yeah.
1: Right. And this is after they've already agreed to take pictures, by the way. This is just rubbing it in.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, like, they were already clearly happy, just that someone wanted to take a photograph of them. (laughs) Now she's toying with their
1: emotions, (laughs) non-strategically.
0: Yeah, like, lady, they were already in, you did not have to try to sell them on this movie. But they get really, really excited. Yeah, sort of weirdly excited, given the fact that they are actual, real-life superheroes. Yeah, like, right? they already do the best thing ever. Right. And they're like, oh, I really just always wanted to be on a Hollywood set. And, you know, if you make it in America, you're famous worldwide. Right. So guys, you are actual, literal superheroes with superpowers and giant robots. You but are probably people, the most famous people in the world. Right. People make movies about the stuff that you do in real life. Who cares? Who cares about being in a movie? <laughs> Especially because she is not offering them, like, you know, above-the-line roles. They just need, like, bodies to do, like, special effect stuff. Right. Right. They probably wouldn't even be... You couldn't even see them. Uh, but the rangers don't think of any of this. They're just excited. Excited by the lore of Hollywood. Although, I'm gonna say, to be fair to the writers of this episode... Um, when I was an extra in the Avengers, when that was filming in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Like half of the people that were also extras were like, this is it. Like I am going, like I have made it now. I am in a big Hollywood movie and I'm going to be a star. And I like drove here from Michigan and I'm staying in a hotel for two weeks to do this. And, like, I'm losing money on this job. Oh, yeah. Like, these people thought that being in, like, the background scene in this movie was going to change their lives. Wow. Wow. So, uh, like, remembering that, this actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, heads up, readers, in the scene where it's, it's it's Avengers the scene where Loki is like kind of walking towards the camera and people are like kneeling down behind him. You can see Matt in like the far upper right hand corner. If you know exactly what he looks like and are looking for him, but he is totally there. He is totally there. All you people who don't know what I look like. Yeah, but he's totally there. Well, you could just, just pick one, just pick a face, the handsome one that isn't Tom Hiddleston. And, uh, you know, that's Matt in the upper right Or the one corner. that is Tom Hiddleston. You what? know, I'm secretly Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> Guys, okay, no, no, no. Do not get excited. Matt is not secretly Tom Hiddleston. He does a great American accent. You wouldn't know. Of course, that is what I would say if you were actually secretly Tom Hiddleston. So, who knows, people? Could be. Could be. Okay, so uh, extravagant claims aside, where were we?
1: Uh, Yeah, we immediately cut to Kazu, only after, I believe, after they ask where he is. And by that point, the scout has already moved over to the waterfront,
0: where... Down (laughs) by the docks. (laughs) Down by the docks, (laughs) where everything happens. Yeah, that's a really good point. I did not think about the fact that she moved that quickly. And I don't know how far away it is. It seems sort of weird to have a swimming pool right next to the water. Like, just swim in the water, but whatever. Maybe Good point. You know, man, listen, Matt, there's a lot of docks. There's a lot of quarries, a lot of factories around. Maybe people don't want to swim in that water. Maybe that's, like, gross factory water. No, that is true. You have me there. They would rather get in the pool at Hotel Sweat, because that sounds (laughs) so much more (laughs) hygienic. (laughs) <laughs> okay so we're at the docks but these by the way these are actually different docks these are like uh these are like civilian docks these are just people's like pleasure boats not like the full-on industrial docks that we normally see and we are and we cut in in full Kazu photo shoot mode because oh, remember, yeah, dude Kazu is, is a dandy like he's a fancy kid right this is like his thing and uh he is like hamming it up for the camera like he's doing poses. I would almost believe he got dressed specially for this if I didn't know that he already dressed up really nicely. Mm -hmm. Although he is in a slightly different outfit than he normally is. Yeah. Because he's not wearing his, like, brown pleather vest. Oh, dude, that vest. That vest, Kazu. Maybe it was a thing in the 90s. Heck if I know. Um, But so he is hamming it up for the camera, having a great time. Yeah, like, at this point, if we had not figured it out, this is clearly the photocopier monster that is, like, the lady who was taking these pictures. So she takes a picture of Kaku. No, sorry, sorry. She takes a picture of uh, Kazu. Kazu, I don't know why I said Kazu. Uh, And then... It's because they gave two characters on the same team nearly identical first names for no discernible reason. And I hate it every time. Thanks, guys. That was awesome of you. Uh, So anyways... So she does she transform at this point, Matt? I forgot. Uh, well what happens is she takes one picture in particular and the flash flashes brighter That's than it did the other right. time. Sort of gets in his eyes, and while he's sort of rubbing his eyes and recovering, he looks to the side and standing there is another Kazu. Yeah, copy kazu. Which Who is what he gives him a notes. wave and says hello. And he, when he says hello, he says it in English. Yeah. And I... A few times in this episode, and actually one time last episode that I forgot to mention, Kazu just sort of throws in random English phrases, and I don't think anybody does it aside from him. So it's weird that I haven't noticed it until like a time and a half through watching this entire series. But maybe that's just a thing that he does. Yeah, maybe that's just like his. You know, like some people are in American TV shows or whatever, like throwing like random Spanish. Maybe he's just like, ah, oh, thank you. And that's like you know that's his thing. That's his thing that he does. I don't know what it says
1: about me that I fully get like, ooh, he's cool. He knows some English.
0: <laughs> that's because cool people know English. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally cool people know English. Um, so yeah, so then copy Kazu, which by the way is spelled with a K both times, K O P Y dash K Z U. Just in are case we going to get into wondering. some copy Kazu combat? Ooh! Oh, no, we can't. That's three Ks in a row. Stop. Nope. Yeah, back, no, it stop. back it oh, up. Stack it up. No, Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Roll back that last K. <laughs> this is not that kind of podcast. So then we cut, actually, uh, and Kazu has imprisoned Kazu in just like a cell somewhere. We don't actually know where. It's a basement somewhere or something. We don't know. It is one of the random pieces of real estate that the Goma have either bought or leased around Tokyo.
1: <laughs> Which is, so. Uh, I was hoping for a Goma in a car scene, and I'm mad that we don't get that in this episode, but yeah, we they are good later, assuming that when uh, a thing, well, I'll, I'll bring it up on when it happens.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, you, I got uh, some satisfaction you learn. on the go but right, you learned to uh you learn to pace yourself on the crazy doing this yes. show you're like oh my gosh and then this thing in 10 minutes is like no man you gotta hold up hold up there's a whole lot of craziness to get through between now and then um, so <laughs> okay so copy kazu Lee he tells kazu he's like here's the plan I'm going to assassinate uh, Kaku like I'm gonna kill Doshikaku, and he's like, oh, no, but he's locked up so he can't do anything about it. Except, I don't know, a change and activate his superpowers, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, they... We cut back to the pool, and it's... The rangers are just chilling out, right? Yeah. The rangers are just hanging out. Having uh, a swim. Right. Obviously, no, I think they're, I think they're like, out. They're, like, just sitting around by the pool at this point. Um, but Kazu, obviously, is still conspicuously absent. Copy Kazu comes in, holding... Uh, a bouquet of pink flowers.
1: Very lovely says, flowers.
0: Yeah, but he says, like, oh, guys, I think they actually asked him about the flowers. They're like, dude, what's up with that bouquet of flowers? That's really, why do you have a bouquet of flowers? That's very strange. And he's like, oh, okay, so this is his brilliant plan. Yeah, Copy, Kazu. He says, guys, here's the deal. Today is Doshikaku's birthday. And we gotta go celebrate. I bought him these flowers. Let's go. Because, you know, he is... You know, he's supposed to go to the murder basement and kill Kaku, but he doesn't actually know where that is. This is what I imagine is happening. So he needs to have them bring him to Kaku.
1: Which, by the way, means... Wait, do do the Goma already know where murder basement is?
0: No. I don't think so, because they've never been there.
1: I just want to say that I get a lot. I get very hung up on the strategic problems here, uh, and I really shouldn't. It is a show for babies. But (laughs) show for babies. (laughs) Welcome to our universe. It's just this information then would be extremely useful. I just want to say that.
0: (laughs) Right, like it would make a lot more sense to send in a spy to figure this out, and then later send in a giant robot to step on the base. Right, and just have that dude leave. Yeah, you know. Especially they- when we see what he actually ends up doing. <laughs> yeah. Right, his actual plan is terrible. We'll get there in a second. Okay, okay. so they they show up, <laughs> so and at this point, oh, they've yeah. all bought flowers. Yes, yeah, so there's like four. Because apparently that is the only birthday gift. Right. <laughs> right. And I don't know, man. Like, listen, I don't know Kaku personally, <laughs> obviously, but Kaku, if I were going to buy flowers for somebody's birthday, it wouldn't be Kaku, <laughs> is what I'm saying, that is not a man who screams, please give me flowers for my birthday. You know what I mean? Or for any occasion, really. Right. Or any occasion ever. ever. The only thing that he wants is violence and justice. And needless questioning of his subordinates. Violence, oh, justice, yeah. needless questioning of his subordinates. I feel like that would probably actually be the best birthday gift you could give to him is just to ask him questions that are open-ended enough that he can give you like random crap answers
1: (laughs) that's like the older relatives the gift you give to them is just letting them talk to you for way too long except more sinister
0: you know maybe (laughs) that's maybe that's how we have to start thinking of kaku maybe he's just very old (laughs) I think we've established actually that he is super old. Like he is really old. Maybe he's just not with it anymore. Aww. You know? That's <laughs> sort of weird and sad. Like he's just not quite as sharp as he used to be. So he thinks he's giving really good advice. Yes. Okay.
1: He walks away right from on. all of his interactions with the rangers like, "Ah, I really got through to him." Nailed it.
0: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Um, okay, so they all walk in, all right, and uh, there are like four bouquets of flowers, and they go into like a like a choreographed presentation of these flowers <laughs> that ends up with like people are sort of like on their knees, like pointing up, like holding the flowers. There's like one person standing in the center. Like it should be noted, they are singing the Happy Birthday song. In English, yeah. which I think they can only get away with because it's a Japanese TV and they probably like have different copyright stuff over there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they sing the birthday song, but they also sing it in English, which is a little bit weird to me, but whatever. And Kaku reacts about how I would expect,
1: he's yeah. not no, Kaku <laughs> reacts
0: totally reasonably by basically just staring at them and saying. Wait, what? Like, it is not my birthday. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? It isn't your birthday? Kazu, like, I think Shoji says, like, way to jump to conclusions, which is a weird thing to say because it implies that, like, there was some information and Kazu has, like, determined that it was his birthday and they all just went along with it, rather than Kazu being like, oh, yeah, no, I just know that this is his birthday. So Yeah, this he has thing not misinterpreted Sermon- anything. Right. And so <laughs> Kasu is basically like, uh, oh, sorry guys. But hey, let me show you this new I'm not sh- I'm not sure what he says. He says something about his Kirin. I think he must be referencing like his particular sort of like drunken style kung fu that I don't know the proper name of. Yes, that so, is what he's doing. He's but... saying basically, as an apology, I'll show you my new moves. And you like that. You all like kung fu. Yeah, everybody loves that. And Which so they all sort bad. of sit down, like, on Kaku's pedestal, and they're watching him. He picks up a sword, and he's doing this, like, actually pretty cool little, like, kata with the thing, and, you know, like, dancing around and stuff. Yeah. That's how I refer to drunken-style kung fu, apparently, is dancing around and stuff. <laughs> way to uh, way to completely denigrate thousand years of proud cultural tradition, Matt. That was awesome of you. Glad you could just throw that in there. Hey, uh, do what I can, man. <laughs> so... So he does this, he's going through this very cool, uh, you know, set of moves, and then he, like, stops, turns to Kaku, and, like, runs at him with, like, his sword flashing. Right. And he it- attacks super ineffectually. Like, yeah. he cuts him in the arm, and then drops the sword, turns around, and runs away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not even a second attempt.
0: Right, like, he's still there, they're all stunned, he has time to take a second attack, but he's just gone. Yeah, dude. Uh, It really did- Yeah, so he just books it. Yeah, I wrote down,
1: Uh, I have in my notes, Uh, it's it's just like a slight flesh wound. Like, at least you would think if you had the element of surprise, you could maybe hack
0: off a limb. Right. A limb. Something. Something. Anyone. Anyone would help. Yeah. That's a really good point, Nick. He gets it like this really light flesh wound. Like it's right. bleeding. You'd have
1: to try to injure him that little, given that attack. <laughs> right. That takes more it a skill. surgically
0: small amount of damage. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so he runs, and he does not even succeed in running away. He gets as far as, like, the park, and Ryu and, what is it, Shoji, Daigo, whatever. Ryu and a couple other guys catch up to him, mm-hmm. and they say, like, hey, man, what's the deal? <laughs> and he and just sort of like- looks at them and smiles and says, like, oh, I'm sorry, my hand must have slipped. Like, I'll catch you later, guys. It just turns away and walks on. Now yeah, it just rolls. Right now like, we see something amazing. Okay, so as he turns and walks away, Ryu like pulls out of his pocket like a giant beetle, like a beetle maybe the size of your palm. And but it's not a real beetle. He throws it onto Kazu's back. Who doesn't No, it's his, it. No, it's his butt. He throws it on his <laughs> butt. Yeah, sorry. He throws it on his butt. And there's, like, a little light on this beetle, so it's, like, a tracking beacon, and it, like, It is climbs. literally a bug. He has bugged him. Yeah. It's, like, and a Spidey he... tracker, but it, like, right. it's it not just, just a vest. thing... It climbs! It climbs up on him! It right. is an automated, moving, tiny robot that sends out tracking beacon, like, signals. Uh, Matt, that it climbs, wait, just in a way... W-
1: I want to just, for people who have not been watching the show, it doesn't climb in like a well-animated way. There's clearly a string through the back of his shirt or something like that, and the beetle is dragged up under. Because they've written a a check with this beetle prop that they cannot cash.
0: (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Matt, check this out. That is a prototype Big Bad Beetle Borg. Oh, Dave, you don't want to get into Big Bad Beetleborgs because that is not a Super Sentai show. No, I know, but that, come on, my man. friend, is a Metal Hero show, which is a different Tokusatsu series entirely. Wow, so I, okay, I didn't know that. I really just assumed that they were like vaguely. I didn't think they were actually connected. Uh, that's definitely a headcanon not, for me now. Of course, but that's what I choose to believe is that that is a prototype Big Bad Beetleborg. Because all right. there's, it no, is... there's no explanation. There's nothing. No explanation at all. And what's so good about it is that it, like, normally when they have something new, it fits the theme, right? Like, right. I had this piece of equipment, and it sort of goes along with my other equipment. Like, yeah. it is another style of, like, Chinese kung fu weaponry or something. It's connected in some way to, like, my Kaiden beast or, like, my special powers or whatever. This is none of those. It is a beetle tracker out of nowhere for no reason. Also, in my recollection, we never see anything like this again for the rest of the series. It is a (laughs) one-time thing. I would be legitimately surprised if we did see it again, because it makes no sense. It could have been anything. It could have been like a little kung fu like needle it could have been like a piece of paper that had like a magic kiryoku tracking thing on it it could have been a little orb that kaku has connected to a tv cuz he has that it's none of those things it's just a, it's a beetle it's a stupid beetle <laughs> <laughs> anyway like, it's really great. incensed about this sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so so kaku sorry, ahead, i'm sorry kazu walks away Um, none the wiser that there is a huge robot beetle clinging to his back. Yeah. And they just sort of, like, you know, scratch their heads and wonder what that was all about. And then, Kaku comes up. He's got his arm in like a sling, but he's basically fine. Yeah, that sling is,
1: he does not need that sling. Kaku is overselling (laughs) his injury. We've like, seen. He didn't
0: break his arm. He got a cut. Like, you don't use a sling for that. I don't think. I'm not a doctor. But that does not seem okay. like the appropriate use yeah, of a sling. I, maybe, I know. Dude. I don't I don't know. The yeah. prop guys already blew all their so, budget on, like, the weird swimming paraphernalia and the beetle. <laughs> and they just ran out of time to go find a bandage. Like, well, we got this sling. Man, I'm sitting here, like, you can't see me, of course. I am literally just like, I have my face in my hands, just like rubbing my eyes, just like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So Kaku shows up. It is completely needless slang. And Kaz- uh, Ryu's like, yeah, so what's up with that? Like, that was really weird. Like, why would he do that? And then Kaku's like, yeah, that's not Kazu. Right. Like, that's a copy. He, like, you can tell his like chi is off somehow, which means like, he already knew. Yeah, or at least had like you know figured it out in the intervening time, and like oh well, where's the real one? And Kaku tells them like well the fake one probably knows where the real one is. You should go after him. Um, which, so which I guess convenient. it's good that Ryu just happened to have a tracker on him and already put it on Kaku <laughs> or Ah Kazu. Those names. <laughs> Okay, and At this point, I think Shoji drops in and is like, oh, so that beetle was a microtransmitter, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, it sure was, Shoji. And then he pulls out... Let's go find him. Ryu pulls out his uh, aura changer, which is now also functions like a tracker. It's like a homing device. And they track... Kazu, huh? huh? They track uh, Kazu uh, to copy Kazu. Copy Kazu. They track him to the same place that Kazu fought the uh, tofu monster. It's that weird sort of like industrial yard with all the big concrete tubes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what no, I was no, going to totally mention terrible. earlier with the the callback to the previous episode. No, you're um, totally right. Um. So Kazu is, Kapikazu is walking into this thing and the rangers like run up behind him and then stop suddenly and like make a quick duck behind a thing. Kapikazu is already running. It's like, guys, you needed to make like at least slightly more effort to hide. You were clearly visible. I really felt
1: like no one on set understood when he was aware of the other rangers and when he was not. Uh, again, I've had on my mind a <laughs> lot recently just how hard it is to turn a script into something that still makes sense on video, and it's ruined my ability to watch a lot of things. Like, uh, the show Friends, for example, uses a lot of shots where someone is clearly saying a different line, but it's the back of their head or something, uh, and I can't pay attention to the story Oh, really? That. And... It is making this show nearly impossible, because clearly they were missing, like, some, any, uh, several roles of coordination.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this show was barely hanging on by yes. a thread anyway, like, you know, logic-wise or continuity <laughs> in it of any sort. So if you actually are looking at it with a critical eye, I can't imagine what that's doing to it. Oh, yeah, that's got to be, that has to be terrible. Okay, so our four heroes now are confronting the Kazu, and as they do that, the Goma monster, who is now transformed into a Goma form, yeah. um, who is called the Copy Empress, yeah. comes out, and she tells them, A, like, I am a Goma monster, I'm here to kill you all, etc. You know, standard patter. Yeah, standard um, Goma. But she also tells them something amazing. And here is the deal. Oh, this is so good. She, okay, so I'll put up a picture of what she looks like, but her body is sort of, like, it looks, there are parts of it that look like a photocopier. You know, like, with the bit that comes up and the light that goes back and forward. You know what it looks like. You've all seen a photocopier. Yeah. And so what she says is that, like, ah, like, you foolish humans have created photocopiers. But... Like, 6,000 years ago, like, we, GOMA, had already invented that technology. So, here is the yes. deal. That means that, you know how all of these times we've thought, like, well, maybe they have, like, adapted to modern technology a sort of a thing that had existed previously. Right. And I'll the Lipstick like Songstress wasn't actually right. lipstick. Um, no, no. No, this stuff all just already existed 6,000 years ago, was somehow yeah. lost, and then was developed in the exact same way in the modern era. <laughs> it's like, the exact same way.
1: Or or I like yeah, to think the this same is tech tree. basically the, the uh, is it the Aliens universe, uh, where in one of the later movies, one of the Alien versus Predator or something like that, uh, you know, all the aliens have given us all our technology, or, you know, all the different sci-fi stories that work like that. Have the Goma been seeding us? Uh, Copiers' oh. lipstick and tape measures, I guess? <laughs> maybe. Just, maybe it's, it's like all those I other like sci-fi it. universes, only instead of, like, cars or planes, it's just the most mundane
0: inventions. <laughs> Stupid, boring stuff. <laughs> we have invented I... the pachinko machine. <laughs> Oh, dude, I keep having this idea. Have we gotten to idea? the Pachinko Machine episode yet? I don't think we have. No, one we with the I remember the power in dude, Pachinko Machine that episode. It comes as a surprise to nobody, I think. I keep having this idea for a story. Well, I've had the idea for ages, and I've never sat down and written it. Like a sci-fi story. Because you know in so many sci-fi stories, like there's people, and then we run into like a race of galactic Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I've always wanted to read a story where we think that's going to be the case, and then we start meeting other species, and it turns out that humans are the galactic supermen. Oh, yeah, I want to read that. Right. Like, we show up, and everyone's like, we will destroy you with our most powerful weapons, and they're, like, throwing tissue paper at you, you know? (laughs) I think it would be great. I would love to read that story. Uh, Maybe I should actually write it one of these days. So anyways, so she says, I have managed to copy you, and... (laughs) literally like she starts putting out copy pages there's even like they they cut it in and out and it's like and the light flares and then like a copy falls out and it's all of the pictures that she took of them at the pool which she photoshopped the background out of and it's just them on a white background but it's definitely those same pictures and again as uh, i'm obsessed with editing I
1: noticed that they jump cut between each sheet falling out because they couldn't rig up a prop to just put all the sheets out in one shot. Is that cut? Okay,
0: we'll start over. (laughs) Nick, Dick, this show runs on jump cuts, friend. Like, there is one kind of cut as far as the producers of this show are concerned, and it is the jump cut. Like... Um, dude, they do it when they're, like, throwing attacks, they do it when, um, what's-her-name is, like, throwing her peacock feather daggers, like, it's a perpetual thing. You do you just... mean, uh, Kujaku? Thank you. I was Kujaku. completely I out a name for Oh, one. Kujaku. Uh, yeah, jump cuts everywhere. I don't know so... how you could have forgotten that. That is literally, like, every third word out of Daigo's mouth. <laughs> okay, so... She, like, jump-cut photocopies them, and she actually does a couple of copies. They jump out. Like, the photos become real. The real rangers are like, oh, it's on, and they tension. And then the fake rangers are like, oh, it's also on, and then they also tension. Now, this is great, by the way, is that the, uh, the rangers, the fake rangers, when their photocopies are created they come out, like, standing in the poses that the real rangers had been in when their photos were taken earlier in the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right, they do. Yes. And, like, they're all, like, wearing their, like, water wings and swim trunks and stuff. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm.
1: And Daigo, confused, uh, looks at himself making the V for victory sign that he had made and uh, tries to make it again. Like, he's he's somehow really confused as if the pose he made... Has been his undoing,
0: right? Like he makes it again and sort of looks down at his hand. Like, is this like, what's happening? What is this? And then you know, he, like, maybe it's like. Uh... And then he has to like physically, like he he takes his other hand to grab his hand that is making the <laughs> like the V or P's or whatever, and pushes it down in disgust.
1: <laughs> like Doctor Strange <laughs>
0: Um, okay, so the real Rangers uh, aura change, the fake Rangers aura change. Then actually, the Copy Empress creates a second set of fake Rangers. So yeah. now there are three, or, yeah, three sets of four Rangers because Kazu's not there. Yeah, uh, f- this is just like fight, 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 fight. The Rangers all have their like special techniques turned back. Against them, which is a tiny bit weird to me because I feel as though the Rangers should have at least on some level like some immunity to their own powers. You know, yeah, I I thought about that, but if we're gonna try to actually make sense of it, it's two against one, and so maybe that you know they can use their powers to counteract Ah. one of the other ones, but then the other like like, the second one gets through. I don't know. I can dig
1: that. The one Uh, cool power being turned back on someone that uh, I really like was on the Blue Ranger. Uh, Who is who? Uh,
0: That's that's Shoji. Shoji
1: gets rewound and just toyed with back and forth. They rewind and forward and rewind and forward and just trap him in the moment of
0: time where he's flying in the air. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, just to be clear, Nick. Uh uh, That is not actually them manipulating time. Okay, That is the really lazy way that they do a special effect that he's being literally thrown up and down. That's not meant to be no. going backwards in time. Yeah, he's that, is, that is a poorly shot gravity attack, not a very well shot time attack.
1: <laughs> they had they had all the technology to do a great time attack and specifically used it on the wrong
0: ranger. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because there isn't, because cool. remember, you've listened to the show, because Kazu is the time ranger. It right. absolutely would have made a ton of sense. Nope, he doesn't get it. That's for Shoji. No, and actually when we do see Kazu do his special thing later, it has nothing to do with his time powers, but we will get to that. He just has, we'll get, yeah. Okay, so fight, fight, fight. Gara shows up. She's like, hey, you know, copy Empress, looking good. Like, this is going really well. Copy Kazu goes back to the cell, pulls out a knife, decides that now is the time that he's going to kill real Kazu instead of before, and what's weird we is he, he says that he wants to kill him. He's like, I will kill him, and then I can replace him. Yeah, which is a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Which uh, did not seem to be the goal initially. It just seemed like they wanted them all dead. But I don't know, know. Maybe he got really into the idea of being Kazu. If anything,
1: this goal maybe, is now uh, harder because all of Kazu's closest friends are aware that he is not the real Kazu. I just, just this would have uh, worked before. It does not work
0: now that he's doing it. Yeah, this plan it, it especially would have worked like before, because uh... before, because it was unconscious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe, man, this is like a uh, multiple man scenario where he starts off as a clone and then, like over time, sort of develops his own personality and ideas. Maybe, man, I don't know. In any so anyways, case, he... he goes back to the jail cell, and the cell is, is empty. empty. Looks, or is it? It isn't, is the answer. Uh, And it's like, where could he possibly be? It's like, he's on the ceiling. He's clearly on the ceiling. Yeah, have you ever seen a movie? (laughs) He walks in, turns around, and of course, Kazu is like perched up on the ceiling, like, you know, up in the corner. Uh, Jumps down, and then they fight. Like, fight, 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 fight. That's actually a pretty cool fight, like, because they both are using, like, you know, that sort of the, what did I call it before? The dancing around and stuff. Yeah. The yeah. let's bring yeah, let's the let's reconcile Kung That's really cool. So they're fighting, and it's actually it's it's some cool stuff. They're like fighting and it's cutting back and forth between the Kazu and the rest of the Rangers, Kazu, rest of the Rangers. And then this is a glorious one, moment. Kaku shows up kind of out of the blue to Kazu and Kapikazu's fight. Kapikazu turns around, sees Kaku, and is just like, Oh, I'm gonna kill you like pulls the knife runs at him kaku like waits until the last second and then like one arms kapikazu like knocks his arm like knocks the knife out of the way and like gives him the buddhist palm and like knocks him flying it was fantastic and then kapikazu is like what no at which point kaku tells him that his kung fu is false Raises yeah. his hand and, like, blows out this gust of air that throws him against the far wall and kills him. Yeah. It's a great moment. Which, again, just brings up the point that we brought up the last time. I think the only other time we ever saw him in combat, which is why aren't you doing all of this yourself? You are clearly so much better at it than all of the Die Rangers. Yeah. But, dude. You know, man. I don't you know, know. It's not his destined he's... role or something. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, the man. show would be boring if it was just one dude. <laughs> oh. One dude just knocking the stuffing out of the Goma
1: monsters. Uh, and here is where I wanted to congratulate the Goma because they have apparently... This fight happened in an old office space, which I, do- I don't know if that's happened before in the show, but I feel like they've finally graduated from industrial zoned uh, real estate to something commercially zoned <laughs>
0: yeah a little They're closer to downtown the <laughs> this is like a white collar white collar fight zone that is beautiful uh, okay so that being sorted, Kazu shows up uh he gets outside he sees copy Empress she makes okay. a whole new set oh whoa, whoa. Of copy. first
1: Kazu uh, apologizes to kaku. Right? For. Oh, that's right. He does. Oh, it's my fault this happened. I wasn't looking out. And Kaku looks at him, does not tell him, no, this isn't your fault. How could you know that a photographer? Because you are the only one who apparently wasn't very clearly given signs that she was a a Goma. No, it's not your fault. If anything, it's the other ranger's fault for not noticing her strangeness. None of that. None of that happens. None of that is
0: said. yeah Yeah, he's like oh this is all my fault and kaku basically it's like "Eh." yeah right like tacitly lets that be the case (laughs) thank you i completely forgot about that um so kazu comes out then copy empress makes a whole new set of copy rangers they start fighting i really genuinely assumed that we were i don't know why i thought this this is like way too high concept for rangers. But I thought because Kazu was fighting copy Kazu while they were tensioned and they all have time powers that maybe we would get like some weird like time combat, like weird time paradox stuff. We don't at all. But it would have. No, we, cool don't, though we though. don't even get a little of that. Nor does Kazu nothing, take nothing.
1: advantage of the fact that when he comes to copy uh, Empress to the copy monster... He, she mistakes him for the imposter. He immediately oh, informs right. her, no. He doesn't get it's close. Like, he doesn't real. waylay her. He just lets her know, no, you need to worry about me.
0: Right. right. Like, just if, like you seem confused. I am a threat and I am here to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Prepare yourself. And then... <laughs> right. And then she does. She makes like five <laughs> dudes for him to fight. So she's made these copies now that Kazu has conveniently announced himself as a threat that she has to deal with. And uh, Kazu actually does a pretty decent job of holding his own against the other five rangers. Oh, he does better than that. He whoops them. And I I get the impression that, like, they are not, like, the copies are not as strong as the original because he, like, one man, like, takes down all five of them. They do manage to knock him over and then the copy empress walks over and is about to attack him with a sword, but he like catches the sword as it's about to hit his head, mocks her for thinking that would work, like hops back up, turns his die rod, whatever. He is yeah, sort of regular staff, dialogue. um, sort of summons its special, um, we haven't seen them in a while, but remember how all of the staves have yeah. sort of like a special tip to them. Yeah. So his has like a big arrowhead, effectively. And uh, I forget exactly what the attack is. They do give us like a, a little voiceover of it, and they're like, "This is his special arrow attack," and he like shoots the arrow at them, and they like they go down, and it hits. No, that's what it is. It hits Copy Empress in her like copy machine body. And she's like, you've damaged my machine, which is a weird thing to say, because I think she is the machine, but whatever. And then when she's damaged, I think the other copies kind of, like, fade away, right? Yeah, they sort of collapse and turn into, they turn back into the pieces of paper. Yeah, 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 that's what happens. Uh, And so not only do these ones collapse, but the ones that the other rangers are fighting also collapse. And then the other rangers come and join the fight against Copy Empress. Which at this point is kind of in its last moments.
1: This, by the way, is this the scene where the Imperial March is clearly playing, like the slightly tweaked mm-hmm. Imperial March?
0: Yeah, we we have mentioned this before, okay. but the show is basically Star Wars, right? Um, like not in all aspects, but you, enough of it that you can tell that the people who made Die Ranger were really into Star Wars. <laughs> this is not the only time of. This is not sorry. This is not the only time that you hear that piece of music, like. This is a piece of music that gets used pretty frequently, and it is oh, yeah. very they clearly have the Imperial Like March. five songs in this show, uh huh. And so uh, the fight goes fairly predictably, at least on like a human scale. From there, like the Rangers attack, they do the Kiryoku bomber. It hits Copy Empress. She's like, "Oh no!" There's an explosion, and then she uses her enlarging bomb, and then they summon the Kaiden beasts. This is where things get interesting. Because what happens is she, instead of fighting them by herself, creates a photocopy like giant robot, not of Daira now, but of Ruseyo's like human form. Yeah, the Bujin Henge, which maybe is a verb, I don't know. I think but that just why- means like warrior form. Uh yeah, you're probably right. But of of Ruseo in his like humanoid warrior form, why would you not just copy Direno, Like, Direno is right there! Why would you be like, oh, there's Direno with, like, a whole bunch of extra armor and power strapped onto him? You know what, I'm gonna copy that to fight that? Plain old Ryuseo. Or, I'm sorry, I flipped that around, but you know what I'm saying. Like... Oh, I do know what you're saying. Honestly, because I was trying to think of it, the only answer has to be that they don't have two Direno suits. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, right? Like, that's, that's the makes... only, like, they no, happen that's... to have a Ruseo suit sitting around, which is doubly weird, because we haven't seen Ruseo before in this episode, so she did not have time to take that photograph. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe she took it, like, in, like, that half a second after he transforms and before the other Kaiden beasts, like, attach themselves. You himself. know, uh, the rangers haven't been
1: around for 6,000 years, but all, all of the robots have.
0: That's right? true. The kind of maybe this is an old picture. Maybe it's an old picture, and she didn't know that Direno was a thing. And then when he turns into Direno, she's like, "I was not prepared for this, but this is what I got." Actually, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because if you recall, the dire Rangers from six thousand years ago weren't able to combine all of their robots into Direno, yeah, because um, Iron Mask betrayed them, and like stole, like, you know, went away with his uh, Tempo Rai, Rai ball before they had a chance to learn that technique.
1: And now, That's right. having been attacked, her camera is disabled, but not her yes. ability to copy.
0: Yes. Headcanon game, she's, still on she's point. She's just a printer. That was fantastic gentleman. <laughs> and yeah, and a printer monster is a lot less exciting <laughs> than a photocopier monster. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um... Okay, so then from there, it's a fairly standard... I mean, it's a cool fight, because it's Dyrano versus Ruseo. uh, But, you know, it it ends predictably. Fight, fight, fight. Glowing sword. Electric sword blast. You know, game over, Copy Empress. She explodes. Fake Ruseo explodes. They do the pose. That's over.
1: Her uh, last words are translated as, everything I've worked for.
0: How vexing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sometimes the goma have like weird last lines what was it lipstick song just said like this is the price of beauty or something like that yep As that i did. believe that was it yeah there's some weird moments in there um okay now speaking of weird moments we're gonna close out this episode right now back at hotel sweat they're all back in the pool and it gets really weird super weird because. Like, they're just chilling out, which is fine, and then there's a voiceover, and it's like the announcer guy, and he is saying, like, something, 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 are there any copy humans around you? It's like- Yeah, it's like, it's what? the end of the Twilight Zone, and Japanese Rod Serling is hopping in, like, and then- Right! And then they're like, you better call the Dye Rangers." It's like, dude, you need to provide like a phone number or something because you have just put the terror in some kids' hearts. Yes. Right. Because like because if you are apply, threatening this is all children real. with like actual monsters in their life and then telling them to basically call the superhero police, at least give like the phone number of the studio. You got to do right. something, something that's going to make them feel okay about <laughs> that because <laughs> yeah, that is man, a weird way to end. It's enormously irresponsible. It's like, man, you just left those kids hanging. You got to deal with that. There is a long story um, in my
1: family of uh, my uncle getting in trouble for trying to replicate uh, what my family considered a witchcraft that he had seen in, I think, I think, no, it can't possibly be a Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic. I think I had such a comic <laughs> torn out of my Disney adventures in case I were to follow in my uncle's footsteps because he had been caught trying to levitate something. This was deemed an attempt at witchcraft, and and uh, you know measures were taken. I guess, but this is exactly <laughs> really uh, ominous. Exactly measures the sort of thing that taken. clearly, I you know, uh, I'm sure nothing happened. But I'm sure across Japan, children <laughs> started scaring their families with their newfound okay. paranoia, with what is a sign of an actual
0: mental affliction. Right. right, that is not like a fake thing. <laughs> that's right. Thinking everybody around you is like a weird copy. It's like a sign. It's schizophrenia, right? Or it's one of the symptoms like, of schizophrenia. Yeah, like, yeah, imposter syndrome, like capgress delusion. Oh I think. no, no, yeah, you're, you're you're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, guys, that was not cool. You should not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, that's the terrifying end of the episode. Uh, Nick, high points of the episode. Hi, my high point when I
1: watched it was the clever use of the time effect to throw someone up and down. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick with it, even though it's clearly not the case. It could be your low point too, if you want. Sometimes we double up. <laughs> I guess yes. Watching it is my high point. Being told, being told the truth, uh, is my low point. <laughs>
0: Okay, Dave, what are your uh, high and low points? Uh, okay, my high point is when Kaku, like, one arm beats the stuffing out of Kapikazu. Like, not even trying. Like, he did, he's barely even moving. He's just got the one arm going, and that is enough, which I thought was a great moment. Low and your low point? point? Hmm. Low point. Okay, there's a spot we actually forgot to mention it. Where uh, Kaku does like a Kazu does like a dive bomb double punch attack with like giant yellow fists. Uh and Oh, that's this is what we were annoying. gonna talk about. Yeah, he doesn't use his time powers at all, but as he has done on a number of occasions, summons basically like Hulk Hands and punches somebody. Yeah. yeah. So that was my low point. Anytime we could have gotten time powers and we get Hulk hands, I'm a little bummed out. So how about it you, seems Matt? Like Matt? A, uh, high a points, really low weird points. Secondary power. Yeah, it's a very weird jump in for him. Uh Matt, so high point, low point? My high point is uh Kaku Nope, not Kaku, Kazu, uh, copy Kazu in the beginning of the episode before the Rangers know that he's a copy. Actually does a really good job of being like kinda creepy. Yeah. No, that was a good mm-hmm. moment. Very like um,
1: uh, pod people. Stepford wife-ish.
0: Very much so, yeah. Um, And it's just nice anytime you get, like, a real solid bit of acting out of any of these people. Um, And that was one. The low point, I am going to say, was the terrible, terrible plan that Kapikazu had. Yeah. Okay, that's a good low point. Like, on any objective scale, that is just like five bad ideas in a row where he was perfectly set up to actually do a real thing. And yeah, I know we're talking about like the strategy of a fake thing from a kid's show that 20 years ago, but it does take one out of the moment. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, All right, Matt. Well, that's kind of it for the episode. Oh, does uh, does copy machine monsters show up in America at all, Matt? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because, once again this week, I had forgotten. Um, Yes, it does. It appears actually in a two-parter called Rangers Back in Time, where the Power Rangers get turned into children, and then get photographed and turned into... Like, they get turned into a photograph. Like, they're trapped inside of it. And then Balkan Skull, who are also little kids... End up with the photograph. I only outwatched like one half of the two parter because I was not willing to put in that much time on this. (laughs) Um, And like Goldar and the copy monster are trying to get the photograph from them so they can destroy it. Uh, But they don't succeed and the Power Rangers win. What is weird about it though is that you can really tell that they just took the footage from Die Ranger and didn't do anything new with the costume. Because they basically had one clean shot of the Copy Empress standing next to some trees that they reused, like, five times with no one else in this on the screen. (laughs) And, like, when I was a kid, of course, I never would have thought of it, because I didn't realize what was happening entirely. But now when you go back, you're like, oh, yeah, no. Like, you really had your hands tied on this one. Which is why they spent so much time running around with, like, you know, third grade versions of Balkan Skull, like running away from Goldar. Which,
1: to be fair, sounds like (laughs) something I would want to watch for 22
0: minutes. Well, then it's uh, season two, episode 39, I think. It's all on Netflix. Yeah, it's all there. You can look it up. Beautiful. Uh, All right, man. Well, I think that's about it for us. Yeah, Um. before we do our normal
1: closeout stuff, Nick, do you have anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, I do want to plug Jaywalk Cop, which by the time this episode goes up will be located at cool. Oh, right on. that's a awesome. domain name you can have now. Nice. That's
0: fantastic. It In is. That we got to get on
1: that. cool. I highly recommend There is yeah. There are like a hundred new top-level domains. And really? I encourage you to experiment and mix and match. <laughs>
0: Love it. Uh, okay, so Jaywalk Cop, just all one word, right? Yes. Cool jaywalkcop.com dot cool. dot
1: if you want to be like that.
0: Oh, Why would you, though?
1: Why wouldn't you want to be cool? Precisely.
0: Okay, so with that, that is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at Brothers at gmail.com. And if you want to get any future updates on the upcoming episodes... Um, check out what we're doing on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember shining in the iTunes review section. There are five stars. Um, if you rate and review and subscribe, it helps other people find the show. Um, Nick, thank you so much for being with us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Um, come back any other time. Yeah. And actually, I totally forgot to mention it before now, but this is the halfway point of Die Ranger. So at this point, we oh. are. You know, we're moving on in. Um, Thank you all for sticking with us for so long. Um, We will be around for the remainder of the show, at least. Um, At least. And and beyond. Um, Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Very good. Thank you.